St. Louis Public Radio's The Gateway gives you the day's news first thing every weekday morning. From the ever-evolving relationship between St. Louis City and County to developments in the Missouri and Illinois state capitals and reports from our correspondents in Rolla and the Metro East. We put it all in a roughly 10-minute package with clarity and context. Download The Gateway wherever you get podcasts. I sometimes do really enjoy that like apprehensive like moment or feeling or face that this person can really convey because that's really real, that's authentic, that's them being themselves and that's really what I want. That's St. Louis photographer Kat Reynolds. She really connects with her subjects. It's a relationship that's really important to her. And that ability to bond with people and capture them truthfully in her portraits is really paying off in her career. I'm Nancy Fowler. And I'm Willis Ryder-Arnold. And this is Cut and Paste, St. Louis Public Radio's arts and culture podcast. In the past few months, Reynolds has exhibited at five different St. Louis venues. Five? Wow, that's really a lot. Yeah, especially in that time frame. She was even named this year's Emerging Artist by the Local Visionary Awards. You know, she's also wrapping up a residency program at Paul Art Space, north of Florissant. And she works all these activities around a full-time customer relations job. I'm really surprised that she was able to hang out with us and spend a few minutes actually talking about things like how is it to suddenly be getting a lot of attention, who should portray the black body in art, and how her own emotions figure into her work. I think that since I'm such an emotional person, um, I've been called sensitive my whole entire life, (laughs) Um, usually in a negative context. For my own practice, I wanted to make the sensitivity into something that was positive, especially in relation to the black body and to blackness like in general. I think a lot of people like to focus on the black body in regards to my work, um, which is totally understandable and like super, I'm super honored that people see that because I am a dancer, so I work with the body a lot naturally. But I really think that it comes from such an emotional like connection that I have with like my subjects. It's like more of a visual representation of emotional um, connection or emotional distress, Uh, you know, happiness. That's something that I'm really trying to focus more of my work on lately because I want to be happy. So I want to make other people feel that way, too. Do you feel like your subjects end up opening more emotionally because you yourself are talking about being an emotional person or relating to the actual Mm -hmm. work emotionally? Yeah, I think it is because I'm really like honest about how I'm feeling especially lately because it's just been so taxing to like hold anything really in because you've Um, been so busy right yeah so I think whenever we're working together I'm super present and I think that that's also something that they realize is that I'm really here for you and I'm here for this moment that we're having together how do you convey that to your subjects listening and eye contact and all those things that my mom told me. Um, she's <laughs> a speech language pathologist. Yeah, oh, then so, she would know. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like ingrained in me, like how how to let someone know you're here, you're present. Also with dance too, it's like body, um, posture and things like that. So, But also physical contact, like hugging someone, being like, hey, I'm going to touch you and like moving them there. I think that also kind of breaks this barrier that a lot of photographers can create. I want people to know that I do care, and I'm not just, like, someone out here that's going to make you look crazy, 
Because that's what everyone's fear is. is you're going to look crazy on, you know, social media, you know, because everything goes there. So I totally understand it. Do you sometimes just encounter people on the street that have an interesting look or something about them draws them to you? I really like understated people as well. I really have been really gravitating towards them, like the wallflowers. And I really like the person that no one's really looking at, but they're beautiful. Like, I think that they're really beautiful, like the person that's like socially awkward, because that's me. Like, I think, I mean, I'm not always socially awkward, but I'm pretty awkward. When you're talking to us about like seeing someone who has maybe social anxiety or a type mm-hmm. of anxiety and you find it beautiful, is there an image that comes to mind, something that you've shot where that was the case and you were able to get that moment? The last woman I worked with, her name was Shamara. She kind of gave me that because she was like nervous the whole entire time, it seemed like. It was the woman that I um, worked with that has a muscle onesie. I don't know. I found it at Goodwill for like two dollars, and so you're a good like, shopper. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like I was just lucky, but she was nervous all entire times, um, so it was really difficult for me to like start kind of working with her because I was like, I don't know what's really going on in her head, but that made me check myself with like how to work with her, how to mold like my own practice for this person to make them feel comfortable. I was curious why you think she ended up going along or being photographed if she was super nervous about it. No, I always wonder that whenever that's the case. But, like, there's a lot of trust, especially um, I find with black women, it has to be a lot of trust, and I feel them because I don't want someone, like, taking photos of me and then fetishizing me. So I think that I try to establish that from the beginning, like, hey, it's whatever you want this to be. You know, like, there's no wrong. There's only right. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and that's totally fine. But, yeah, but, I mean, putting a book on someone's head and, like, how they're, like, it's, like, some of the poses are, like, weird to where someone can't possibly be, like, I'm good, I'm straight, this is okay. But um, I think it's really, 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 really about trust. So what did that final image actually look like or a series of images that you did with her? I thought that it really turned out very well because her stiffness like made sense because of her costuming. Because usually I don't like stiff, you know, poses. Like you always want the person to relax. But I think it's because it made sense with the way her costume was. Like it's this like muscle onesie. Like it's the inside of the body, just like all the muscles. And so that already, like, kind of has this, like, rigid, like, muscular strength. Like, you don't really think of it as being this, like, fluid thing unless you're talking about, like, dance. But you're not going to think of that as being, like, loosey-goosey or whatever. You're going to think of it as being, like, kind of stiff. So I think that's why I worked for it. A lot of the people that you photograph are black or brown. And you're talking about the ways in which even the people you're photographing are aware of how their image might Mm -hmm. be co-opted or manipulated or received problematically mm-hmm. how do you kind of enter that conversation mm-hmm. this is definitely something that's like newer for me to start even thinking about because you know as a black person I'm like they're fine like they understand like they trust me it's cool but that's that's really ignorant for me to even think that because this is someone else's experience this is someone else's story this is someone else's life like I'm just a spectator and also the fact that like I exhibit work these are definitely all questions that I think about for how to pay respect to someone and not 
make it into this like gross a lie like I don't know how else to say that but like I don't know that's why I'm trying so hard to be as like authentic as possible with people because it's like I don't want to like put this out there that like you like it looks foreign to you I like seeing pictures of myself that I look like me and it's my story and it's on my terms I'm just starting to like kind of get in my own head about it to where I'm just like how can I do this and you know, do it authentically and lovingly. And I think it's literally just by talking to them and seeing how they feel about things. You're listening to Cut and Paste, St. Louis Public Radio's arts and culture podcast. I'm Nancy Fowler. And I'm Willis Ryder-Arnold, and we're talking with St. Louis photographer Kat Reynolds. So there's a lot of conversation now about white artists, Mm -hmm. uh, Dana shoots mm-hmm. in her painting um, depicting Emmett Till yeah. in his casket and there's a lot of discussion around the fact that she is white mm-hmm. and just wondering what your thoughts were on you know who who is the right artist to to deal with the black body I mean can a person who's not black do that in a, in a truthful and authentic manner um well, for one, for one, showcasing black death is an issue. It's triggering. It's traumatizing. Like, all those, like, words that have been just thrown out anyway, like, they're real words. And it's a real feeling. And I think by just completely, completely disregarding that, not even thinking about it like that's the issue like thinking that like oh this is just art it's never been just art if you're making art and you're thinking that's just art then you should stop and especially if you are utilizing a body that is not your own <laughs> in a history that is not your own Emmett Till's history I mean it is American history but at the same time it's black American history that the mother wanted everyone to see. The mother wanted everyone to see. But I don't right. think that she wanted someone to like to do a painting depicting this in the Whitney for everyone to see in that way. So this is more so to show white supremacy as well as to show hatred. To be completely honest, like I don't I don't think that that, sh- that energy should be placed in the Whitney of like hatred like that. But that's just my own opinion as far as like what I would what I would like to see. Now, if someone wants to work with the black body, like just saying work with is like already a right move into the right direction, because I really don't think that she was working with it. Like, I really think that she was like, because working with is like, hey, we're going to do this together. It's us together for the cause. That wasn't like that was a very selfish thing. And I think that's why it was so it hurt so much because it wasn't for that wasn't for black people. That wasn't for brown people. That wasn't for like that wasn't for Emmett Till. That wasn't for his mother. That was for her. When it becomes selfish, that's when it. It becomes like you could have helped. Instead, you just made it about you and now you're confused. And so it's just like this 
whole entire thing of just spectating blackness and black death and like making it into like a game like it it makes it it trivializes it and it makes it something that someone can buy also like how do you think that younger artists and younger artists of color are able to enter this conversation Mm -hmm. and then point out where those gaps are and what is a more useful way of engaging in that conversation well this is something that i've like talked to with um talked about with my friend lee lewis um, she has a piece, Minor Matter, that like, got a lot of really good reviews in um, the Times um, during American Realness. And um, she wants, she talks about like how can the black body be abstracted. And I think, to be honest, like just talking about like our own experiences that aren't like, like for me, I used to listen to like Evanescence. I'm saying this on a podcast for it's terrible, and I went through a goth stage, like. <laughs> like I still laugh about it because it's like ridiculous but telling these stories like with my other friends like have similar stories like I think the more we can like work within that as opposed to just constantly thinking that we're combating white supremacy like thinking like that's where we have to go like we have to go still within ourselves like we still have to like dig so much because for a very long time we like never I never really talked to people about that I used to, you know, want to be a soccer star and, like, things like that. Like, I used to um, teach swimming. I saved a kid one time. Like, those types of things, because there's a stereotype of that black people don't know how to swim, um, which goes back to because, like, we came over on boats through slavery. Like, those kinds of stories, like, that I tell with my friends, like, that's how we can get into this thing, um, the story, and tell our own. Like, I... I'm telling my own with my residency at Paul Art Space about my first Easter, you know, just like me growing up in the church and the relationship that the black working class has with the church and religion. That's needed. There's so much more to me. There's so much more to Lichia. There's so much more to um, Martine Sims. There's so much more to Carrie James Marshall. There's so much more to like Khalil. There's so, like there's so much more to all of these amazing Dina Lawson like there's just so much more and you see that in their works yeah I have a follow-up which is I'd love to know what photos or if you can give us a preview of the type of images that you're putting together regarding the work around Easter oh yeah I'm really I'm super super it's a performance piece as well as like photography visual um work so it's my first Easter Sunday and my mom like is continuing to like tell me to like sit still. So the whole entire like um, show or exhibition is called Sit Still. And I have this like yellow, poofy, terrible, I'm lo- I love you mom, but like awful <laughs> dress on. <laughs> and, and I keep, and I have like these white shoes, like patent leather, like white shoes. And my hair is like, you know, huge with like this little bow, a uh, yellow bow. And, um, But I was so confident in, like, all of my decisions. And, like, I've always been this, like, super stubborn child. (laughs) But I felt like I was more confident then and more willing to be myself then. I mean, you don't really know what, like, society has for you yet. Especially because, like, every, I feel like everyone's, like, watching at times that it's, like, really difficult for me to, like, really wild out. (laughs) 
but as a kid, like my mom was like, don't go in the grass. And I was like, mm, I'm going to go in the grass. <laughs> and so yeah. she just kept constantly telling me to sit still. She's filming this whole entire thing because my dad is um, over, I think he was in Germany at that time. And um, she's like talking to the camera like, see Major? Like she's just, my dad's name's Major. And so she's like, Major, like she's just not even paying attention. She's not doing it, blah, blah, blah. So it's just really interesting to see my parents' like um, relationship, even though now they're divorced. So that also goes into it as well. And so I say like my one line that I have at church and my mom's like, Kat, you have to say it louder. And it's like, Christ arose on Easter day. And so it's, it's just, and I clap for myself. Oh, <laughs> good job. Yeah. So it's just like, I clap for myself before anyone else does. Yeah. So it's just this whole entire performance about me being raised in the church and like it being Easter. And I'm just this like super, just super confident child. <laughs> so the description that you just gave, is that specifically of the work that you're creating or like video that you have that you're basing? Video that I have that I'm basing it on. So the work that I'm creating is it's based off of that. Um, I also I think I'm, I don't know. I might use it in the exhibition. Um, I'm going to make this dress. I'm getting this dress made that's um, very similar to the dress I was wearing. But it's um, extremely like it's really, really long on the bottom. So almost like this womanness that I've like I've had since I was young, it's overwhelming, and so it's a very and the dress over- represents yes. that in yeah. a physical form. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it for a really long time, so I'm really excited to actually be able to like get this idea out of my head, and actually like be able to like share it with people that like for one really like don't know me, and also with my family who really does know me, and to see this like see how they take it as well as like see how other people take it i'm really excited actually about it that was st louis photographer kat reynolds talking about her current project at paul art space and her recent flurry of exhibitions this is cut and paste st louis public radio's arts and culture podcast produced by stephanie lecce and Nancy Fowler. And Willis Ryder Arnold, with help from our editor, David Casares. The music you heard throughout was made by local producer Trifecta, with a few songs pulled from the internet and thrown on. That was music that Kat listens to while working, or finds inspiring. You can find Cut and Paste at stlpublicradio.org or wherever you get your podcasts. St. Louis Public Radio's podcast series, Cut and Paste, is made possible by space, architects, designers, and builders, creating St. Louis's favorite spaces. If you have a smart speaker, you have access to the entire world of NPR and St. Louis Public Radio. All the latest news and all the captivating stories. Activate our voices with yours by telling your smart speaker to play St. Louis Public Radio.